0: Hi everyone, welcome to FIFA Play On Podcast. I'm Álvaro Soler and I, along with my illustrious co-host Enia Luco, will be your guide through the intertwining worlds of football and music.
1: I'm Eni Luco, a football pundit and former pro player. Alvaro is a singer-songwriter, musician, and a big football fan. So between us, we kind of cover all the bases.
0: In this series of Play On, we sit down to chat with some of the best footballers and musicians in the business. We go back in time with our Around the World section to explore some iconic moments from World Cups gone by. And Annie and I go head to head in our music and football-based versus challenge. There's a lot to get in there, so let's head into our first interview section and see who our guests are this week. So everyone, welcome to Backstage. This is the part of our show where we talk to brilliant, inspiring guests about their lives, their loves and their connection to football.
1: Yes, Alvaro, joining us today is electronic music pioneer Kelly Lee Owens and FIFA's chief women's football officer, Sarai Behrman. Kelly, Sarai, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to FIFA Play
2: On. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank
0: you so much. So Kelly Hales from Rutland on the North Wales coast. She's released two critically acclaimed albums and countless EPs, singles, remixes, and a very exciting new project with the FIFA Women's World Cup. I can't wait to chat about you today, um, and, and about this project you're doing together. So welcome to the show. How are you doing today?
3: Good. Yeah, very good. Excited to be here and finally be able to, like, talk about it with other people. I've had to keep this to myself for a while now and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of uh, create it. And obviously, I'm very much in my own bubble when I'm doing that, apart from, you know, with the FIFA team back and forth, which is in itself a collaboration and it has been wonderful. But yeah, to be able to now talk to other people about it is really exciting. So
1: Good stuff. Amazing. And Sarai, you played a key role in the delivery of the FIFA Women's World Cup in France. The most successful women's World Cup to date with 1 billion viewers. how are you doing? you know tell us about that World Cup and the work you've done and obviously the work that's going to be getting us ready for the exciting 2023 World Cup.
2: I'm doing good. I feel like I am in this incredibly privileged position. I have a dream job. you know I am able to work every day in the women's game, which is something I'm so passionate about. Uh, And the momentum that we have right now after the Women's World Cup in France that you mentioned, Annie, is absolutely massive. And the Mm. coolest thing about this is now we're building up to the next edition in 2023, and we've got so many great new, way outside of the box, unexpected things that we're doing, like working with Kelly. It's going to be groundbreaking, and I'm super excited. Amazing. That gets me excited.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so first of all, Kelly, I'm I'm really excited to talk about uh, the song because this is kind of a, a soundtrack, especially tailor-made, you know, for the Women's FIFA World Cup that's going to be hosted in Australia and New Zealand 2023. And, you know, as a songwriter, I know that's kind of, there's different approaches, you know. So how was your approach on this? I just would like to know how you go about, you know, on writing a song like this other to writing a song for you, for example.
3: Yeah, exactly. Well, obviously, you know, I have um, with my own thing, it's whatever comes to me and however I'm, I'm feeling about my own personal life. And what's interesting about this is actually of course it's very collective this whole thing is a unifying experience and like I say from the word go it's it's a full collaboration and the use of Mm -hmm. language was so beautiful it was like just unifying community inclusion nature kind of talking about just like the land itself and and the people themselves obviously in Australia New Zealand but really making this a global event that was so important to them the inclusion of nature and natural sounds the organic world is something I'm interested in and I sample Sounds from nature all the time. Anyway, I always carry a condenser mic around with me, and I start mm. tracks that way. Anyway, so for wow. me, this was just ticked all of my boxes. Anyway, and I feel like we were the kind of the perfect partners, really, to um, to write this track together. So.
1: The track is really epic. Sarai, what was it that drew FIFA to Kelly? How does it embody the values of FIFA Women's World Cup?
2: We talk a lot, especially in the women's game, about empowering women and about using football as a platform to elevate the position of women in football, but also in society. And I think with this, with the brand, with everything that we're doing for this next Women's World Cup, we want to go beyond talking about it. And for us to be able to give this platform, you know, the single biggest female sporting event in the world to a woman like Kelly, who is aligning so well with the values that we have around this Women's World Cup, with everything that we're trying to achieve for the Women's Game, for us, it was an absolute no-brainer. I mean, the track itself is amazing. I don't have like all the little lingo (laughs) and the words and everything to describe it. But with the brand, it's so outside of the box what we're doing. It's a complete departure from anything that FIFA has done before. And we needed to have a sonic identity that aligned with that departure. It's a new future, you know, where we're heading and what our future is all about and I just think that those values are so perfectly aligned with with the music that Kelly creates. you know there's a lot of looping in it. Um, our brand is very circular. it's about resonating outwards, and you can just feel it. Mm. For me, I call it the goosebump effect. There's no other way to describe it. it's when it's when the hair is on your arm, they just stand up when you hear the music. <laughs> and it's that effect. Aww. Well, thank you.
0: <laughs> Everyone loves that feeling, I think. <laughs>
2: It
1: sounds like so much thought has been put into the collaboration and the alignment. And I love the fact, Sarai, that you've just said that it is about like genuinely activating empowerment. It's not about just talking Mm -hmm. about it. And, and, you know, with Kelly and you guys creating a song, it it brings it to life. Right. So I'm sure it's just going to be so powerful for us over the next few years leading up to the the big big world cup.
2: Oh, I love it. Like this concept of having a sonic identity or a brand related to music was something that a lot of us in our traditional little bubbles had to kind of get our heads around. Like I really think that this together with the visual brand is going to embed this next Women's World Cup in the memories of people for so much longer. And they're just going to hear sounds like for years to come that's going to remind them, you know, that was the Women's World Cup.
0: Kelly, you've collaborated with some amazing female creators in your musical career. I mean, remixing Bjork, uh, Sigrid, Saint Vincent. That I mean, that is that is quite some list, <laughs> I have to say. And um, can you see any parallels uh, between football and you know women's football and women's uh, music creation?
3: you know in the past uh, both things of course have been male dominated and we're, we're moving away from that and we're becoming more inclusive and we're understanding that there's other perspectives that are as important and um, we're all kind of in this together ultimately and we all bring something so beautiful in those perspectives and actually without them we all miss out we all are done a disservice ultimately and so it's just a beautiful exciting time and you know with everything sorry to mention the pandemic but I do feel some of the silver linings are that we realize we need each other right. all of us you know we're, we're right. a global community and whatever happens nice. to one person or group of people here affects all of us on all levels and so i think music and football bring people together sure. you mm. know and i've just uh, finished touring america and i had a crowd of people in a room together experiencing one thing at the same time and there's nothing like that and football does exactly that also
1: Beautifully said, wonderfully said, um, and absolutely true. Soraya, you mentioned you've got one of the best jobs in the world (laughs) in what you're doing. Can you tell us a little bit more about your vision for the women's game in general? And how is music important to increasing fan engagement as a purpose and interest around the Women's World Cup? How are you building music into that, into your wider vision?
2: Well, to answer that part of your question first, I think uh, this is an interesting fact that our marketing gurus told me today. So, more than 90% of football fans are also music fans. Wow. Yeah.
1: Amazing. So,
2: for me, that's like a massive number, you know, and clearly there is a huge platform there for a convergence of different cultures, different worlds. You know, what we're trying to do with the women's game is actually move it beyond the pitch. And we saw it in France in 2019. It's actually about way more than the game. Like there were a lot of conversations happening in and around that tournament that were so much more about the position of women, you know, equal pay, um, woman's empowerment, all these right. things. So it's actually a movement. It's a cultural movement. It's a lifestyle. It's more than just the sport. Of course, the sport is amazing, it's beautiful, it's athletic, we have the best athletes in the world that we are able to showcase, but bringing music and football together actually helps us to create this seamless transition between the sport and this lifestyle and culture that exists in and around it. I think it's, yeah, it's totally magical.
1: that's amazing and 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 here we have the fifa play on podcast which is a, a combination of music and and football but when you put it like that there's that is like a marriage right the two kind of really very much go together so that's amazing
4: you know that's
0: where the next question has to be a musical one because i'm really and it's gonna be like a it's gonna be musical and football one it's it's. Uh, do you know the the five side team on a on a football game?
2: Small sided, yeah, yeah.
0: Exactly. And this question is, um, in this case, is for Kelly. Um, I mean, I've seen you perform live with a lot of instruments on stage. Um, if you would have to pick a five side team of instruments that you would take into the studio, what would those be? Well, <laughs> yeah. there's
3: one synth that I always come back to, which is called the Monopoly synth. And I use it for everything from bass lines to, to melodies, um, arpeggios, um, which you hear in this track, mm-hmm. and sometimes for percussive elements as well. So that synth. I'm a big fan of percussion in general. I used to play drums a little bit. Wow. Um, so I probably have some kind of drum. I, I, I did a... It's like a... a Djembe uh, is an incredible instrument and drum. And uh, so maybe that. <laughs> wow. Another one would be the cello, which is like one of my favorite instruments. I can't play it, but I think it's just one of the most beautiful sounding things. Um, I think my condenser microphone, which I I can plug into my iPhone. Mm. So if I want to record wow. something, I just go anywhere and I can record anything from an escalator to birds chirping. And um, that just inspires tracks and that will go into a track. Wow. Amazing. And then thing, hmm, I love bass, so mm-hmm. probably some kind of bass synth or real bass. I used to play bass in a band as well, yeah so,
0: yeah, so you used to play every you play actually every instrument
2: I feel so musically inadequate now <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is some five or side band you've just you've just picked there, um and it's clear that your music comes from. So many inspirations, so many influences. Is there any particular countries that you've traveled to where you really feel inspired by your music?
3: It's interesting. I mean, I come from Wales, you know, so I'll be supporting the Wales uh, mm-hmm. theme when it comes to the time. So, yeah, so that just in general has inspired me hugely because that is based on a lot of um, well, melancholic kind of choir Uh, vocal layering and uh, we're not afraid of of, like I say being melancholic and kind of going in with a good sad melody you know but we also like euphoria and we have the mountains and that landscape it's kind of like epic moments and so when you know obviously fifa were like oh you know something epic and kind of big and i just i just jumped at that because i just enjoy that so much i was like yes euphoria this is what i love to do and create and to actually not have any limit on that and in fact in a sense be pushed in that direction was just wow right what a what a what an honor so um i think actually i probably have to say that that wales does really for me yeah (laughs)
0: home 100 this is some great adjectives we're using here and like enormous ones too you know and and i know the slogan is beyond greatness um you know of the of the world cup and how do you are you a, a you know were you a bit intimidated by you know hey kelly we have this you know we have this great <laughs> idea write a song the slogan is beyond greatness so what what can you write <laughs> you know I, I would be like oh my god like this has to be really great now this is a lot of pressure you know
3: i mean honestly just when i had the word fifa i was like it's gonna be pressure either way, but I am You know what, I'm emboldened by it. I'm, I'm empowered <laughs> yes. by it. I'm like, they're asking me to do it. you know what, actually the whole purpose of this thing, you know, as, as you're saying, Sarai, is like empowering people and, and women and just kind of you know, giving them opportunities. And I was like, I'm gonna just be bold and I'm gonna run with it and I'm gonna do my best. And like, you know, they get, always gave me great feedback and I never felt restricted, which I think, you know, when you're working with like bigger companies and stuff, it can be, it can feel a bit like that. And as an artist, there's always that mm. internal struggle and stuff but I just took that beyond greatness as going like really directly to me so that I can do the best job for everyone else and as I say just ran with that <laughs> euphoric energy and just had fun with it
1: and Sarai what, what does beyond greatness mean to you I mean you've done so much work as an ambassador for women's football encouraging women and girls to pick up the ball and what does that embody beyond greatness for you
2: Women's football is coming from a place where the narrative around the game and and the game itself and everything linked to it has been a struggle of some form. We've always been battling against, you know, historical injustices, you know, um, lack of equality, like all these things. For so long, even our own narrative has been based around that struggle. And I think it's very important that we acknowledge that. That's where we came from. There were there were people right. that were there before us that are the very reason why you and I are sitting here today, right? Beyond greatness, for me, it's almost like a call to action, like the time of the struggle now for us is over. And we actually need to release those shackles and not limit ourselves by the struggle that we've been through. But actually see how far we can go like beyond greatness. There are no limits. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the message that we need to now give to the new generation that's coming through. Right. You know, women's football is just, it's beyond, we, sh- we shouldn't be limited. Right. And, and that's, that's what it means to me. That's what it is.
1: When I think about growing up, you know, I didn't really have the aspiration of becoming a professional football. It just kind of happened. And now when I speak to young girls, They have all of those aspirations that I didn't have. I love the fact that we're now talking about a future that it's not inhibited. Throwing it forward to 2023, what is your hope for for the World Cup?
2: We saw the impact that France 2019 had. I think my hope for 2023 is that it goes even beyond that. I want to see more women being able to earn a living playing the sport that they love without having to take a part-time job or a job on the side or something. You know, those opportunities can come after having a World Cup of that magnitude. I think every young girl around the world, and especially in Asia Pacific, that region, which is where we're hosting, every opportunity that is given to young boys to kick a ball, to play the game, that same door needs to be open for every young girl that wants to play our game. And we're a long way from that. And we have to use these big moments like a World Cup as a catalyst to try and progress that, to try and give those opportunities and spread them further.
1: hundred percent.
2: The other thing is just to see our game come into the mainstream. Like we've seen touches of it and it's beautiful to see, you know, even you with the punditry that you're doing, like <laughs> we see it, but, but it should be normal. Like it shouldn't be something that has to be celebrated or called out. It should become normal and mainstream and that it's not even a conversation. You know, it just happens. And 23, those are big dreams. But I really feel that that event can be the catalyst to push us to that level. Amen Mm. everything you've (laughs) said. We're now going to go to
1: move into the quick fire section. What we want from both of you, Kelly and Sarai, is just the first answer that comes to your head. The questions are kind of arranged in uh, past, present and future. The first question is for you, Kelly. What is your first musical memory?
3: Singing in my nana's house in Wales. I was very, very young and I would put on these like performances. I would write lyrics on uh, post-it notes in the garden and things like that and then I'd write a song and then I my poor Nana would have to you know sat, stand there and have me perform it and clap at the end and God knows what it actually sounded like <laughs> but um, I just that's my first thing I was like yes I'm a performer I, I write music and I still have one of the post-it notes um somewhere which very cheesy lyrics you know oh. but but yeah even even back then that was happening
2: <laughs> that's so cute so right what was the first record you bought? My musical tastes have changed significantly over time and they still do. Uh, yeah. the first uh, album that I ever like purchased with my own pocket money was "Use Your Illusion 2 by Guns N' Roses. Sweet, wow! A proper cassette with the whole thing, and I think it was actually a double cassette because there was quite a few tracks on that album. Yeah. Do people these days even know what a cassette is?
1: <laughs> I I do. Yes, I remember cassettes. Those are the days. But that was my <laughs> first album. And bringing it into the present, Kelly, do you have any pre-gig ritual? Is there anything you do specifically before a gig that just gets you ready and prepared
3: yeah I do a little bit I do obviously warm-ups for my voice um I have this one routine and it only lasts for 15 minutes but it's kind of like it's almost a crutch you know it does work but I think it's very psychological I've done this now I'm ready I have flexibility in my voice right um then I also uh I do actually pray and I'm not necessarily religious, but I'm very spiritual. So I'm always asking for like right. guidance, protection, and for everyone to feel into what I'm doing and be able to step into the moment. Cause all I care about is delivering
2: something for people to be immersed in.
1: And Sarah, what is the best football match you've watched this year?
2: I'm going to say the women's Olympic football tournament final. I think it was incredible to see a new team crowned champion Canada, especially with Christine Sinclair in that team. I don't think there's any other player that deserves it more than her. And that was a special moment because it was the first time that we saw international football back on our screens for some time in that kind of tournament form. So yeah, for me, it was definitely the final of the Olympics.
1: Yeah, what a moment. What a moment for Cadender! I, I had goosebumps watching that game look into the future Kelly can you see yourself doing in anything different than music well
3: I used to actually work in a cancer hospital as an auxiliary nurse when I was 18
2: 19 and
3: you know people think that those two things are really different different and opposite but it's not it's it's ultimately like you know music saves lives music helps people through difficult moments as we've known with this pandemic for example but this sounds very dramatic but I, I think I could be like a death doula I'm kind of interested in helping people to pass from one state to another. And I think that sound wow. ha, is, um, is the key to unlock so much. And so that's why nature and that's why like frequencies I'm so interested in, in, in playing a role in, in assisting, um, yeah, from one state of being to another. And we don't talk about death enough. And I'm not afraid of it because uh, I got to experience the end of a lot of people's lives. And I actually think that's a privilege, you know.
1: So powerful. Last question to, to, to you both. Both of you obviously have been, um, you know, a, a huge part of 2023. But is there is there like a specific team that you're going to kind of root for and support?
3: I can, I guess I can say this because I'm Welsh. I mean, I, I fundamentally have to. Like, my country will not have it any other way. It's <laughs> like Welsh mm-hmm. people are very proud. But I think the whole point of it is like the global community and like getting yeah. behind every team and just being everyone. You know, like that's what we're there to celebrate. <laughs> so, like, really, like, yeah, of course, you're, you're born in this country, but it's it's just be, like you say beyond that. Diplomatic the be. answer.
2: There, <laughs> <laughs> I got you. <laughs> Truthfully, I'm for the debutantes. I love seeing a team right. debut at a World Cup and be there for the first time ever. And I did this in twenty nineteen with the likes of Jamaica. We had Chile, South Africa, you know, I'm all for the debutants. So those new teams and there will be more because we're expanding. I'm fully backing and supporting the debutants.
1: I love that. I, I feel a little bit the same for the African teams. Yeah. A big part of FIFA is is developing the game around the world. So I just love to see the African yes. teams doing their best you know and and giving it so i'm so excited for the lead up to the 2023 world cup thank you so much for both of you for joining us today and it's been such an interesting conversation thank you uh thank you for your time and uh yeah thank you for the inspiration too thank you guys thank Thank you What an amazing pair of women to have as our first guests on the FIFA Play On podcast. A real honour to sit down with them. As you heard in the interview, the countdown is now on for the FIFA Women's World Cup in Australia and New Zealand in 2023. I don't know about you, but I always find it so exciting when a tournament emblem is revealed. It just increases the anticipation and gives you a feel for the culture of the event. I saw the new Women's World Cup emblem on social media the other day, and I absolutely love it. It's vibrant. Bold and clever. All 32 teams are there as different, colourful squares. And of course, this emblem marks a special moment for Women's World Cup. It will be the biggest FIFA Women's World Cup ever after expanding by eight teams. And what a place for it to happen. Australia and New Zealand will be fantastic hosts. We've got some very special guests from Australia and New Zealand coming up on the podcast, so make sure you subscribe on your podcast app so you don't miss out on these. Anyway... From World Cups of the future to World Cups of the past, we're going to take a trip down memory lane and our Around the World section. And this week, we're hearing from our World Cup winner. Okay. We start now, okay?
0: This is the section of the podcast we call Around the World. We go back in time to explore one person's FIFA World Cup memories and hear a few stories of what made that World Cup extra special to them. This week, we go back to 2002 in Japan and South Korea to hear how a young Brazilian named Kaká found himself playing as part of one of the greatest international teams of all time.
4: He is a wonderful young talent. He's coming on for Rivaldo. I was living in Brazil. I was playing for São Paulo. I, I just had two years as a professional player, so i, I just trying to, to understand what, what is it? What, what is to be a, a professional player? I, what is it to be a, in a World Cup? Kaka full of running, full of energy. Ronaldo waiting in the middle.
0: Music played a big part in the team bonding for the Brazilians, but times were different. There were no wireless headphones and streaming services.
4: At the time, we used it uh, to use a uh, Disc Man. You, you remember that? <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it wasn't so iPod or. Filipão, uh... <laughs> our coach, uh, let the players uh, bring some instruments to the bus. And he used it to to go to the stadium sing some songs. So most of the time, it was Brazilian samba. So you can see, if you get the images, you can see Ronaldinho and a few players with these instruments. But every player tried to to participate singing or doing something like that. And we had this song that at the end, it was our song for that World Cup. It's from a Brazilian singer. He plays samba. His name is, is Zeca Pagodinho. And the song says, "Deixa a vida me levar. Which means, uh, let the life let me go. And yeah, just the, 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 the how do they say refrain. Uh, yeah, the chorus. He said, "Deixa a vida me levar. Vida leva eu. Deixa a vida me levar. Vida leva
0: eu. Deixa vida me levar.
4: Vida leva eu. <laughs>
0: The spotlight was well and truly on Brazil. Their defeat to France in the 1998 World Cup meant that the press were ready to pounce on any mistake. Brazil had the biggest names in world football, but one stood out amongst the others. El fenómeno. Ronaldo knew
4: how to handle the press through the power of a haircut. That one that Ronaldo used in the final, it's iconic. And the real motivation that he did that it stuck in my head as well. One day before the game, Ronaldo just trained for a, a little period of our training session. And the press started to say, mm, maybe Ronaldo is not in a good shape. Maybe Ronaldo is feeling something. Maybe Ronaldo... And if it, it's Ronaldo, it's fearing a little bit what happened in 1998. It can happen in 2002 again. When we, we went back to the, the the hotel, Ronaldo said to the, to the team, guys... Uh, Don't worry. Tomorrow morning, nobody will talk about that anymore. (laughs) And he came to breakfast with that hair. And and we started laughing because it's ugly. It's it's very bad. And he said, don't worry. Everybody will talk about my hairstyle today. And nobody will talk about what happened in 1998. Nobody will talk about if I have some pain or not. Everybody will talk about my, my hair. And... It's iconic also because of this, this motivation.
0: The final that year was between Germany and Brazil, and Ronaldo, El phenomenon, really did pull it out of the bag, scoring two goals to give Brazil the record-breaking fifth FIFA World Cup. A 20-year-old Kaká was desperate to get off the bench for a taste of the action, but the footballing gods conspired against him.
4: <laughs> uh, the, the 2002, the final. The final it's really, it's really nice because we were winning two new, and Philippon, our coach, he looked to the bench and he said, Kaká, go in." It was five minutes to finish the game. I didn't warm up, I, did, I didn't do anything. So I went to the line and I was there, he stand and the ball didn't stop, the ball didn't go out. And so when the, uh, when the referee whistled the, the end of the game, I was standing right in the, uh, on the field so I just went to the bench. I got my, my flag, my Brazilian flag. I went in the on, on, on the field to, to celebrate. But that memory, it's really, really nice for me to remember. So when you lift up that cup and you said, I did it, I did it. So I'm part of the history right now. And it's really, really amazing. It's, of course, it's, it's the best memory that I have.
3: Deixa a vida me levar. Vida leva eu. Deixa
1: a vida me levar. Vida leva eu. Deixa a vida me levar. me Kaka, what a story and what a guy. Okay, let's forget the FIFA World Cup for a second and get down to the real competitive business of the versus section of our show. Okay, this is versus the section of our show where me and my co-host Alvaro go head to head. We set a different challenge every week. Just like in a football matchup, the winner takes three points, For a draw, it's one, and the loser gets a big, fat zero. We're going to add up at the end of each challenge to see how we're doing on the FIFA Play On Podcast League and see who will be crowned the eventual FIFA Play On Podcast versus champion. My competitive juices are already flowing. Let's have a look and see what this week's game is.
0: So this week's game is called Who Supports Who? and That means any and me, we have to guess uh, which famous musician supports what football club.
1: Wow, this could get difficult alvaro
0: i think this is gonna be very funny there's a
1: lot of football clubs and there's a lot of musicians
0: and you never know you know you never know who is a big football fan who's not
1: i'm still confident i'm I'm gonna beat you
0: oh yeah right this is your competitive (laughs) juice flowing of course (laughs) all right let's do this let's let's go ahead
1: right alvaro question one Liam Gallagher, one of the perennially feuding Gallagher brothers who shot Mm -hmm. to fame in the 90s and the noughties with rock and roll band Oasis, I'm sure you know. I do, I do. Is a Mancunian through and through. But which football team does he support? Is it Manchester United, Manchester City or Stockport
0: County? Third one, I have no idea. I'm just (laughs) going to say Manchester United.
1: Oh, no. Yes? Nope, Nope. Nope. no. Incorrect. It's Manchester City. Uh, Come on, Alvaro. Even I, even I knew that. <laughs> I'm a big Oasis
0: fan, but I didn't know much about you know, his football interests. <laughs> so, Any, question number one for you is going to be London-born megastar Adele has been making hits and breaking record sales since 2009, but she still supports a club from her hometown. Ooh. The question is which one? Is it going to be Chelsea, Arsenal, or Tottenham Hotspur?
1: I know Adele is from North London. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is hard. I get, okay, I think it's Arsenal.
0: Oh, uh, Annie, I'm so sorry. The answer is Tottenham no! Hotspur. <laughs> no. Yes, and you know, you said it right. Adele was born in the north of London, Um, where she oh. grew up there, and she grew up very close to Tottenham's White Hart Lane Stadium. I'm
1: so annoyed at Too myself bad. at that, because I I could see it. I could see red and white, and I was just getting...
0: Uh, That was not enough, Annie. I'm sorry. I mean, zero, zero.
1: (laughs) I'm gutted about that one. Okay. Question to Alvaro. Yeah, Annie, let's go. Lana Del Rey hails from New York, but her club allegiance lies in Europe. Mm. Is it Liverpool, PSG or Real Madrid?
0: This is close to home now. I have no idea. So I'm just going to go with Real Madrid.
1: That is incorrect. (laughs) It's Liverpool. (laughs) The summertime sadness singer has even recorded an a cappella version of Liverpool Anthem, You'll Never Walk Alone, for a documentary about the
0: club. All right, Annie, are you ready for this one?
1: I am. Yes, I'm ready.
0: (laughs) Comedian Frank Skinner is best known in footballing circles for being part of the massive England Anthem Three Lions. But being from the Midlands, where do his club allegiances lie? Is it in Aston Villa? Is it... West Brom or Birmingham City?
1: Oh, my God. If I do not know this, this is really bad
0: because mm-hmm.
1: I'm from Birmingham. Frank Skinner, I believe, it's out of West Brom or Birmingham. He's not a Villa fan. Mm-hmm. I think I'm, I'm going to go with West Brom. I think it's West Brom. Oh, please, the West Brom.
0: Oh, Annie, I'm very proud of you. It's West Brom.
4: Yeah. Woo! <laughs> <laughs>
0: well done he even has Frank (laughs) Frank actually recently joked about his advancing years have now got him a discount on his season ticket (laughs) that's really really cool so yeah congrats to you one point one point
1: right the pressures are on Alvaro I'm one nil up yes question three for you Dr. Dre, the rapper, a mastermind responsible for hundreds of hits over the past few decades, is a football fan. Incredible I didn't even know that. Mm. And we don't mean the Oakland Raiders. Does he support Liverpool, Everton or LA Galaxy?
0: Not Liverpool again. Being from the US, I think there's so much music there and spending so much time there, I would say LA Galaxy.
1: I mean, Alva, I can see, I can see the, the processing there. I can understand why you would say that.
0: But Unfortunately,
1: it's incorrect. No, come on. Once again, it's your favourite club, Liverpool. Once again. <laughs> Everyone supports Liverpool.
0: Yeah, apparently.
1: Dre was touring England with NWA in 88. He saw a game televised in a TV studio where Liverpool was winning 4-0 and instantly fell in love, became a fan. He said John Barnes, he was bad and it kind of reminded him of Magic
0: Johnson. Well, this is hard.
1: I actually love, I love that story. That's a cool story.
0: Yeah. All right. I have to get you nervous on this one. Grime artist Stormzy was born south of the River Thames in Croydon. But which football team does he support? Is it Crystal Palace, Arsenal or Manchester United?
1: Well, I'm very, very pleased that you asked Alvaro
0: because... You know this, right?
1: I know Stormzy a little bit. I know him quite well. I've met him a few times. So even without the options, I would know this. I'm going to go with Manchester United.
0: And uh, Manchester United it is. <laughs> oh, man, this is so bad for me.
1: Yes, 2-0. Yeah.
0: Did you know he was part of a promo video, you know, when Paul Pogba resigned for the club?
1: I did know that, you know that? yeah. I saw that, yeah. Like Pogba, they did hashtag Pogba when Pogba returned. Which was very clever hashtag. So there was a whole campaign around Pogba coming back, Pog and I back. think cool. Stormzy was part of it.
0: Yeah, that's bad. Too bad for me. This is. Nah, I think I already lost. Then, but let's let's play until the end. Yeah,
1: consolation question for you. Two 0 down, but you know, consolation goals are still good. Shakira hails from Colombia, but her mm-hmm. club allegiance also lies in Europe. But with which team is it? Atletico Madrid, Real Madrid, or Barcelona? You should know this.
0: I know this perfectly because I um when I was four, uh, when I was 18 I actually recorded a a little commercial for like some cookies with uh, Piqué with her husband. Wow. Um and we were, you know, part of a kind of football team and we were I think you can watch that on YouTube so <laughs> I, it was kind of a funny moment because you know my dream of my my lifetime dream is to do a collaboration with Shakira. When I was working when I was um you know trying to get some money to survive while I was doing music here in Barcelona. I was working as a, you know, host and steward and, and you know, driver uh, in some events. And then there was one event that Shakira and Piquet were invited and she was pregnant of her second child and I drove them up with a golf caddy uh, to a place where they needed to go. So I drove P- Shakira and Piquet in the same car and I, of course, I wasn't, you know, uh, famous at that point yet. Um, so, it's you know, that story, <laughs> if I ever get to do the collaboration, I'm going to tell her that, you know. And it's going to be amazing. And that's why I know <laughs> that Shakira supports <laughs> Barcelona. My team.
1: Woo! Okay, well, that's a very good answer. That is correct. But you should definitely do that collaboration. I can see that. That is a record waiting to happen.
0: So, Annie, are you ready for this next question? Um, <laughs> Alex Turner from Arctic Monkeys. He's a proud Yorkshire lad, but which football team does he support? Is it Sheffield United, Sheffield Wednesday or Leeds?
1: Uh, I have no idea. Um, ugh, I'm just going to go with the biggest club. I think it's Leeds. I'm going to go with Leeds.
0: Thankfully for me, you're not getting away with another point because he supports uh... Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Sheffield Wednesday is a big club too. They've been around for a very long time.
0: I mean, if you would have been a crazy Arctic Monkeys uh, fan, then probably you would have noticed that they have the club's logo on their touring gear. But uh, that's probably a very a, a quite of an insider, so and not even I knew that.
1: So they are big, big fans, because that's yes, they that's are. another level.
0: Well, I think you won this game. It's fair to say that I've been beaten. Um...
1: Final score: any two alvaro won. i love to win i love to
0: win yes top of the table all right um (laughs) yeah so let's see what next week's uh, challenges
1: wow what a versus battle so pumped that i won that one and got some points on the board that is a wrap on our first episode of the new series of the fifa play on podcast I hope you loved it as much as I did. Make sure you subscribe to us on your podcast app of choice and give us a five-star rating if that's the type of thing that you want to do. Don't forget to follow me, Alvaro and FIFA on the socials. You'll get to play along with some of the Versus challenges. You'll get bits of video content and you'll get a little look behind the scenes of us recording the podcast. Thanks for joining us this week and we'll see you back here for more next week. See you later.